Hello and welcome to the LDS Study Session with me, your host Matthew Roberts. Today we're on episode 183 um, and we are looking at the Come Follow Me se- uh, study for this week once again. Uh, we are in November 25th to December the 1st, 1st and 2nd Peter. Uh, and today we're going to look at the um, section in the individual study which is entitled The Gospel is Preached to the Dead so they can be judged fairly. Uh, and so this deals with the well-known verses, which I'm sure, as uh, we teach it in Sunday school this week, we will uh, have a lot of references to this. But this is, of course, the verses in Peter, which talk specifically about the uh, gospel being preached to the dead. Um, of course, it is uh, President Joseph... Oh, oh dear, my blank. I think, yeah, President Joseph F. Smith uh, that was studying uh, these verses when he received the great revelation in Doctrine and Covenants 138, which, of course, was canonized into that scripture. Uh, and he was studying these verses when he received his revelation on the spirit prison and the salvation and um, the work for the dead. So uh, if we dive straight into the Peter verses, and then I've got a little thought at the end of this as well. Uh, in First Peter uh, three, chapter 3, verses 19 to 20, it says this. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, Noah while the ark was a prep of preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Now, um, this obviously introduces the fact that Christ went and preached uh, to spirits in prison once he had suffered for the, for the sins of the just and the unjust. Um, he went and he fulfilled this work. Now, a few things stuck out here to me. The fact that Christ suffered for the sins of just and the unjust. We know, obviously, from from the scriptures that the Saviour didn't just suffer the sins of those that would eventually repent. He suffered the sins of every person, even those that our Heavenly Father knew would not repent. Um, And this had to be done so that that agency was not taken away from them. If our Saviour had not done this, if our Saviour had not taken taken upon him the sins of those that our father knew wouldn't um, turn turn to Christ, then of course that would be a a predestination. They would not have that agency or ability to choose to follow the Saviour's teachings. Uh, That would be taken away. So that had to happen. It was important. So, yeah, it's it's an important principle and one which obviously Peter feels that is necessary to include in one of his general epistles that we have uh, to the church. Obviously, he may well have made other ones, but... um, the fact remains is that he shared it in this, and so clearly it was, it was an important principle he wanted to get across. Uh, Theodore M. Burton said this, quote, If Jesus Christ made such a point of stressing this doctrine in his day, it must be just as important for us in our day also. Jesus taught that it was important that his gospel be preached to those who lived before he was born, as well as to those then living. It must be just as important for that gospel to be preached since his day to those who have died without hearing these glad tidings, as well as to those now living on the earth, close quote. So, I mean, I think it's important to get this balance. Obviously, the gospel being preached to those that are living is an important work. It is part of the work of salvation. It's something that we must be wholly engaged to. I remember on my mission, I was, uh, I heard, well, I I wasn't heard, I was, told by a a certain member that I was uh, meeting with uh, who I didn't fully fully you know um, agree with on certain points uh, he said that his missionary work was was you know working in the temple you know there's loads of souls to be saved then there and so that's his missionary work now I will be honest 
At that point, my view on temple work and family history probably wasn't as strong as it is now. Uh, and so I, I, I probably felt at the time that missionary work to the living was more important. Uh, and then, so I completely disagreed with that. And whilst I obviously have changed my views on this now and recognised the value and importance and necessity of temple and family history work, um, the family uh, missionary work to the living is also just as important. Uh, and so they have a, there's a balance. They both are part of this great work which our Saviour wants us to be a part of. Um, and the reason for this is, is shown in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, where it says in verse 5, Who shall give account uh, to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? So this is the reason, this is the, the, the why, um, you know, because everyone uh, who has gone before, everyone that is living now and everyone that will come, will be judged uh, according to the, to the works of the, li- of the living. But in verse 6, we see what is, what is in place to help those people that missed on the opportunity in this life. For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, as we know, has set a plan in place, a perfect plan, uh, as long as, well, I say as long as, the plan is perfect no matter what. But obviously, we are the ones entrusted to carry this out. And so we need to try and, and, and ensure that this can happen. Uh, but the gospel is preached to those that are dead so that they can receive um, the gospel fully uh, in their existence as they are now and not just learn the principle. They can actually take part in this gospel. Uh, this was uh, clar- clarified in a, in a recent general conference talk, which I loved, by uh, President Alan H. Oakes called Trust in the Lord. And he said this toward the end of it. In conclusion, uh, quotes, in conclusion, what we do know about the spirit world is that the Father's and the Son's work of salvation continues there. Our Saviour initiated the work of declaring liberty to the captives, and that work continues as worthy and qualified messengers continue to preach the gospel, including repentance to those who still need its cleansing effect. The object of all that is described in the official doctrine of the church given in modern revelation. And then he quotes from Doctrine and Covenants. The dead who repent will be redeemed through re- obedience to the ordinances of the gospel, and after they have paid the penalty of their transgressions and are washed clean, shall receive a reward according to their works, for they are heirs of salvation. The duty of each of us is to teach the doctrine of the restored gospel, keep the commandments, love and help one another, and do the work of salvation in the holy temples. Close quote. Um, great words there, pointing out that... Um, those that are dead will not only be taught, but they will be able to go through the, the effects and the process of the gospel which we do on earth. That is, building our faith in the Saviour, repenting of those things that we have done wrong, being baptised by, by, by immersion, and then receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, of course, the last two things require a body, and that's where our work, our work comes in. Um, but, obviously, those people have had to have gone through the first two steps before they can accept that baptism. I was teaching, a, I may have mentioned this person before, uh, someone, uh, well, actually, I've taught a couple of people on my mission and since my mission uh, who seem to have had a bit of an issue with this concept of baptisms for the dead um, because they kind of t- took the view that, oh, well, you're, you're baptising people who, who are dead into your church. I mean, that's not, that's not very respectful. But it isn't that. It isn't the fact that we are, again, taking agency away. That would be Satan's plan. 
our viewpoint is that those people that we're baptizing have to have gone through two important steps before they can even accept this baptism. Um, they need to have had faith in the Saviour and repented of their sins. Of course, if these people choose not to do that after this life, and I'm sure there will be a number that don't, um, then that baptism doesn't even affect. We, like the Saviour, still, if, and we'll go back to that point that I made at the start, we, like the Saviour, have to make this baptism and confirmation available to them, for if we didn't do that, they would have not had that choice to follow the Saviour. And they would stand before the judgment bar and say, well, even if I wanted to change, that baptism wasn't available for me. And so therefore, it isn't my fault. However, everyone is given that opportunity. Everyone is given that chance to accept that baptism. And if they choose not to have faith and repent in the Saviour, that is their choice. And therefore, that baptism does not take effect. Um, once again, that plan is perfect. And all ordinances and all things are played in place so that the people who are then needing to make that change can choose to do that. Now, one final comment I want to make on this, and this was made in the in the Interpreter podcast, which I encourage you to listen to, um, is that whilst, obviously, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we read these scriptures and go, oh, this is obviously talking about the spirit prison, the fact that we can do ordinances for the dead and work for the dead. Uh, I will point out that these verses can have also been used to explain other doctrines that are not uh, the things that we believe, um, such as um, they, they talk about the fact that um, actually this isn't talking about people that can then have work done for them. It's, it's talking about the, the, the righteous and just people uh, that weren't saved because the Saviour came after them and then the Saviour came and grabbed them out of hell and prison and brought them to heaven with him because they were righteous in, in their day. And that the, the people that weren't righteous and didn't hear about the Saviour, it, it doesn't apply to them. Now, obviously, you know, we have our thoughts on that. Uh, we believe that our, our Saviour wants the gospel to be taught to every soul and that every soul has value. Uh, and so therefore, that is what this is referring to. But I would put this with a word of warning that if, if people were to use these verses as justifications for the the doctrine of the temple work and, and the things or the principles of temple work and what we do, there one verse or a couple of verses in the Bible can easily um, explain other doctrines. That's why there are so many hundreds of Christian denominations today. It is because we have the Bible verses here. It's because we have the Book of Mormon understanding of the atonement and its redemptive power to all mankind, not just those that hear the gospel of the Lord, of, of the Saviour. And also modern revelations, such as Doctrine and Covenants 138, the talk that I mentioned by Elder Oak or President Oaks, that we have this complete understanding. And so it's important to study and draw on all the sources of revelation that we receive. Thank you very much for listening today. If there's anything that you've been studying in relation to these things or just anything else, I'd love to share uh, something that a listener has shared with me on a future podcast and, and discuss it. And it really does become a study session then. Uh, Thank you for listening. You can share your thoughts on uh, at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Once again, thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.